0: I love that. Some of you guys I know wanted to get up and groove a little bit. Online crowd, thanks for joining us here today. We have a room full of people. I say a room full, our max, 175 of you here today. Let's just show some love and honor to those watching us online today. Thank you for being here. As Pastor Danny's already alluded to, happy Father's Day. Um, uh, to, this is this man day. Amen? Man day. Shout out to Pastor Todd Weir for filling in last week, knocking it out of the park. How about that? And uh, so excited to be here with you guys today. I was reminded recently, um, somebody asked a question. Can you name some of the great parents of the Bible? Abraham? Okay. It's hard, isn't it? Somebody say, maybe Mary? I mean, you give birth to the Son of God, you're probably pretty special. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, It's hard, is it not, to identify some of the great parents of the Bible. Now, if I were to ask you, can you identify some great Bible characters, you could spout those off a little bit easier, right? Today on Father's Day, I thought I would just kind of level the playing field because oftentimes in, on settings like this, we, 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 we step on maybe a, a, a man's toes or whatever. I just want you to know, man, it's hard to find a, a true script about how to father and how to parent in our culture today. In fact, most of those great Bible characters that you're able to identify came from screwed up parents. You know that, right? That ought to give us, that gives me great hope, right? That I'm screwed up and my girls have a future and a hope. Thank you, Lord for that, amen? it's hard to identify. Today, I want us to look at a parable of a family situation. And, and I don't know where you're at with your family day, if things are great or if there's some turmoil or whatever. But, but even in this parable, we're going to look at it. We're going to find some characters that, that were not right. We're going we're to find an incredible response when things go awry. I just thought it was a great parable. It's probably the most famous parable that Jesus ever shared. Now, just a reminder, what is a parable? A, a parable was, was a, a, a modern-day story an illustration that Jesus would share that revealed a spiritual truth or implication. okay And, and in Luke chapter 15, uh, we're going to read uh, about what I believe again is, is probably the most famous parable, great story, I think on, on, on this Father's day. Now let me tell you what's happening in Luke chapter 15. The religious leaders of the day, a group of guys known as Pharisees, are, are, are busting Jesus's chops. Right? They're, they're, they're calling him all sorts of names and, and, and they're, they, they're questioning who he is because, man, you're hanging out with, with lowlifes of society. You're, you're eating with notorious sinners. Who does that? What great rabbi, what great religious leader would ever lower himself and hang out with, with the most down and out of our culture, right? The most sinful people. So, so Jesus has a reputation. I would say it's a pretty good reputation to have amen that, that, that that's probably exactly who we ought to be looking for and running to those those deep dark places of society the people who are oppressed and down and out we probably ought to befriend them and spend time listening learning and and, and really trying to help people out I just think that that's biblical. So I thought in this Summer of Love series, as we're looking for for ways that we can put the love of Jesus on display in radical ways, I want to look at this parable in Luke chapter 15. Now there's two in Luke 15 before we get to the one beginning in verse, I think, 11 that we're going to look at. Jesus is sharing a parable, uh, first of all, about uh, uh, a shepherd that has a hundred sheep One of them wanders off. Would he not go look for the one? And when he finds the one, there's great what? rejoicing, there's a celebration. He transitions into a story about a lady that has 10 coins, or as my grandmother used to say, koans. Uh, 10 koans, and loses one of those coins, and, and goes, searches feverishly in her home just to find the one. You got nine, but there's no, you got to have them all, right? And then Jesus transitions in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, uh, into this story about a father that has two sons and he loses one and what takes place. Let me read it for you if you don't mind. Jesus tells him this story. A man had two sons, and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Now stop the bus real quick. Um, uh, The the, the father's not dead. Most of the time, the sons receive the father's inheritance once he passes away. This young guy is kind of bucking the system. He's kind of jumping ahead of of, of life and says, hey, listen, I want you to go and give me my share right now. I know that there is not anyone listening in the house or or on the beach today that would say, you know what? I never probably bucked my father's will. I never went against what he ever, I never, I cannot relate. In fact, I call my dad this morning and say, hey, I'm gonna just for Father's Day, I'm gonna be preaching this story on the prodigal son. You know what my dad told me, say, why don't you just put your name in right there? I don't know if that's encouragement or what Daddy. He's kind of chuckle and laugh but the reality is by a round of applause men of the house how many of you men in the house growing up you probably at some point in your life went against your father's will let me hear you clap thank you the rest of you that didn't you're a liar and you just the altars open at the end of the service you come confess that that sin we won't lay hands on you because you can't touch people can't touch this that'd be a great song for anyone anyway, okay where are we at? Squirrel. I didn't preach last week. Get ready. Hope you ate breakfast. Here we go. Uh, younger son tells his father, I want my show. Now listen, there's two sons. The older son would probably get two thirds of the father's inheritance. This younger son gets one third, but he wants it now. I'm ready to go and make my own life. And so the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this young son packed all his belongings and he moved to a distant land. Where did he move to? A distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Again, round of applause. Actually, turn the lights up. I want to see who did that before. Just kidding. Don't do that. About the time his money ran out, there was a great famine that swept over the land. So if it's not bad enough that you lose all your money, now there's a famine that swept across land. And he began to what? Starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. This is significant for you to understand. This is a Jewish young boy now going to live in a field with pigs. Is that kosher? When he finally came to his senses, what did he come to? He came to his senses and he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am Dying of hunger. I'm going to go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And so he returned home to his father and marked this verse down, verse 20. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with what? Love and compassion, He ran to his son, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and I want you to kill the calf that we've been fattening. Come on, USDA party right here. Amen? Beef. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's what? Come on. And so the party began. Lord, I pray that you use this familiar story to reveal a new truth to us today. Would you shake us, rattle us, resurrect us, bring us back to life with the truth of what you want to say in this moment. And Father, I'm praying for the person who feels like they're too far gone that they've blown it, they've screwed up way too many times. I pray that today that they would see the love of a father. In Jesus' name, everybody in this house said, and everybody online said, don't do it for them. Let them do their own stuff. Amen. I love this parable because it shows the deep love of a father towards a son. I can just picture in this story this this father being heartbroken. This son has 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 taken what he feels is his, and it probably is. But he just he 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 he, he jumps ahead of of tradition, and decides I'm going to take my money. I'm going to leave for whatever reason, feeling like he can make his own life or things at home. Or, I don't know but he just decides to leave. Can't you just imagine the heartbreak over the father? Not that any of us probably ever caused any angst or pain growing up in the lives of our father, correct? But he goes and he squanders. He loses it. Scripture says that he loses all of his money. If that's not bad enough, famine strikes. He's starving. He's hungry. Can't you just see this father heartbroken? I, and I, I, I envisioned this father probably praying for his son. I, I, I think he's probably not only praying for his son, but I, I, I think he's probably pleading with God. God, would you protect my son? Would you guard him and keep him safe? And not only that, but 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 I have this vision of this father because verse 20 alludes to this, I have this vision that this father, not only was praying for his son daily, but, but I think that there was at least once a day, probably multiple times a day that this father would leave the front of his tent or walk to the front porch of his house, whatever that was, and he would begin to scan the horizon looking for his son. Just longing to see just a little cloud of dust begin to churn on the earth, signifying ah, somebody's returning. Can't you just see that? In fact, look what it says in verse 20 there. It says that that the son comes to his senses and he decides to return home. And while he was still a long way off, again, there's this image of this dad looking. He's looking across the horizon. And it says that he sees his son while he was a long way off. The father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. What did he do? He ran to his son. Now, that is an important part of the story that maybe you don't understand. Because in in Middle Eastern culture, wealthy men, men of notoriety, they did not run. And keep in mind what had to take place for this father to run to his son in verse 20. He's wearing a robe, tunic, something long. He's got a man dress on. Okay, and, and, and can't you, in order for him to run, he's got to pick that up, first of all. And, and, and then he's, he's done another thing. For, he's running, and that's a no-no. But second of all, he's exposing his bare legs. That's unheard of. And here he is running, his man dressed up, legs exposed, and he's doing something that a man of his stature should never do. Do not run. But he runs to his son. And embraces him, kisses him, and welcomes him home. Now, if that wasn't enough, you need to understand something about the Jewish culture. When, 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 when anyone of the Jewish culture left that culture and went and associated with Gentiles. Again, remember what I said about a Jewish boy towards a pig? That's how the Jewish people probably viewed anybody that was not a Jew as a pig. Dirty, unfit, filthy. That's so why I love Jesus. Jesus knows some stuff. Does he not tweet that mess? Jesus knows some stuff. And he's trying to sock it to these Pharisees here with this imagery that he's using. But anytime a Jewish young boy would leave to go and associate with Gentiles, he was leaving the faith. He was leaving the family. He was leaving that culture. And there was a ceremony that would take place if he ever decided to come back called a kazaza. And what it was is the, the, the men of the community, when the Jewish young boy would come back, he would position himself outside the city gates and the men of that city would run out to the city gates with clay pots and they would i'm not going to do it they would throw these because you guys don't have protective eyewear on and this is a safe place (laughs) social distancing and protect we don't have that for you so i'm not but they would throw these clay pots down in front of this wayward prodigal jewish young man And say, you're not welcome here anymore. You left the faith. You left the family. You left the community. And they would break these clay pots and they would break in front of this young man saying, you are forever separated from us. Do we read about Kazaza in Luke 15? So, if it wasn't enough for this father to, to run in his man dress and expose his bare legs, he gets ahead of probably an angry mob that's running out to persecute his son and say, You are forbidden to come here. See, during Kazaza, most of the time the father would stay home. And and he would wait to hear the report from his son as to why he left and why you're living the way you're living and what have you. Now, the mother would oftentimes run with the men of the city, and she would be pleading and begging for them to have mercy on the one that would return home. This is significant. Are you beginning to see the love of a father here? I, I was reminded this weekend in preparing for this by uh, the, the, the great spiritual leader, George Strait. He said, let me tell you a secret about a father's love. Secret that my daddy said was just, between. he said this, you see, daddies don't just love their children every now and then. It's a love without end. You know that. I think George knew something. Come on, the king of country music. Let's give it up. I'm telling you, I've been eat up with George Strait all weekend. In fact, it was playing in my office just now. I just love it. But isn't that true? Daddies don't just love their children every now and then. And I know that sometimes if you're a dad here today, there's probably been an opportunity where you didn't like what your kids were doing. You wish they probably would have made a different decision, chosen a different course of action. But let me just remind you probably what you were like growing up. But I hope that it never questions the love that we have towards our kids. See, this is not about just an incredible George Strait song today. It's not about just an incredible parable where Jesus is socking it to the religious leaders who thought they knew some stuff. But this is also a picture of the way that our heavenly father in heaven responds to you and I. Because you see, the reality of this story is, is it's not just me that I could insert my name in. This is the story about Jason Brown, but this is a story about all of us. We all are prodigal, are we not? We all have had a time in our life where we chose to do our own thing. We turned our back to God and we we ran away from him. And that's why I love Luke 15. It's not just a story for the Pharisees that Jesus but it needs to be a reminder to all of us today of how a father in heaven longs for us to return to him. You see, guys, God waits for us to also turn from our sin and to return to him. You know that, right? And, 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 and I don't think that he's running out with a clay pot ready to throw. I, you, 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 to, in reality, John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Scripture goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 3, says, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4, he says he wants everyone to be saved and for you to understand the truth. I want you to hear something today. God wants you to be a part of his forever family yeah, we've turned our back and we've heard him and we need to repent of some things much like this son in Luke 15. But not only was his earthly father ready to receive him, we have a heavenly father that welcomes us back to when we turn. And I want you to know something, there's nothing that we can do to restore our relationship with God, but Jesus can do something and he did it. And instead of God having, and he had every right? But instead of God taking the action of throwing that pot down and disowning us, you know what he did? Well, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who endured the cross, who took on our shame, who who forgave us. And and, and through Jesus, he restores us to the Father. God's love reaches out to sinners no matter why or how they got lost. You see, every one of us are the Luke 15 story, are we not? And regardless of what you've done and how you did it and how long and where you went and how much, I'm just telling you, there is a love of a father in heaven that wants to call you his child sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Is that you? Is that you? And you know, the significance of this story, I think also is, is, is also found in Luke chapter six. And I don't have this for you. You're just going to have to trust me with this. But I told you just as that mother would oftentimes follow an angry crowd begging for mercy to be shown towards the son. Well, that same mercy is mention for you and I to distribute to people in our culture that are broken and hurting and down and out.
1: In fact, in Luke chapter six, it
0: says that we are to be merciful just as our father in heaven is. You see, you and I deserve the clay pot to be shattered and broken and us to be forever, forever kept out of the family of God. But Jesus took on our shame. He took on our humiliation. Ran after us, mercy and compassion. We're called to demonstrate that. In fact, I love how how Henry Nowen says it. And, and you don't have this. And this is just bonus for you. Henry Nowen says in relation to this passage, he said, "Quote: God's compassion is described by Jesus not simply to show me how willing God is to feel for me or to forgive me of my sins." offer me new life and happiness, but listen, this is to invite me to become like God and to show the same compassion to others as he is showing me. Here's your radical challenge for this week. Each week in this summer of love, we're offering you action steps to take because we do not want to be a people that simply talk about this. Hey, listen, are you broken by what's happening in our nation? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to take action? You're going to stand, you're going to speak, you're going to listen, whatever that is. I have an action step for you today to take and it's this. There's someone that you know that you need to forgive. They've hurt you. They've wronged you. You have every right. Like a father who's had a a prodigal run. Is there someone that has left you? And and listen, they deserve. (sighs) But yet when you see the response of the father and when you know how God has responded to us, and when you know the words of Luke chapter six, it says, be merciful just as your fathers. What will you do to show mercy, love, and compassion? It might be a family member. It might be a friend or relative. It might be a, a coworker, a classmate. But is there someone this week that you need to forgive? that has hurt you. The father had every right not to throw a party. In fact, you know, the story goes on. Read it in Luke 15. There's an older brother. The older brother wouldn't have anything to do with it, was he? We had the father says, bring him a robe, put the ring on and some shoes on his feet and let's eat meat <laughs> because my son that was lost is now found. Who do you need to offer mercy, love and compassion towards ask you to stand today we're gonna to do something kind of crazy in this room right now many of you are probably sitting with your family unit your pod your tribe or you came with someone that that you know and and, and that's good Here, here's what i want us to do I, there, there, there's there's a father a dad there's a, a spiritual leader probably with you today i want us to pray for dads today can we do that or for men Maybe you're here by yourself and you don't have a father or dad and you're a man here. I want to invite you. I want you to come up here and join me. I want to pray over you, okay? But, but I want you as a family unit, as a pod, as a tribe, as to, to gather around the man of that unit. And I want you guys to pray over them right now. For God to give them wisdom, that they would lead in a manner of honor a worthy of the Lord. And just pray over them right now. Let's bless them. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Come join me if you need a partner. Even in the midst of prodigal living or when things don't work out, Lord, there's always opportunity for restoration. That's what Luke 15 is all about. Father, I'm praying for every family represented today that's a part of this moment. God, I am praying that men in this house would lead as you've called us to lead. We're not perfect. I thank you for the grace and forgiveness that's being offered to us right now. But God, I pray that we would lead us love our wives, our kids, in a manner worthy of the love the Father has shown us. And Father, I pray for all of us listening that there might be someone this week you're calling us to. You're, 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 you're spotlighting them right now. We see their face. We know their name. We know the situation. We've been hurt. The relationship has been shattered Kazaza. Lord, I pray that you would use us this week to step into that situation that's broken and fragmented. And would you use us to show mercy, compassion, and love? Why? Not because the pastor said to, but because Jesus, that's what you've called us to do. And we want to honor and glorify you. Father, we thank you for this moment. And may we this week put the love of Jesus on display in a radical way. All for your glory. It's in your name.